0: You are now listening to Plant Talk, a podcast brought to you by Canada's Manufacturing Magazine. It is presented by Plant Magazine, Canada's industry voice since 1942, for manufacturing owners, senior executives, administrative and managers who represent all links in the manufacturing decision-making chain.
1: Tune in to hear conversations with industry experts on comprehensive topics that
0: are of utmost importance to the manufacturing industry.
1: Thank you for joining us on Plant Talk. I'm your host Miriam Farak, and joining me today is Daniel Breton, President and CEO of Electric Mobility Canada. Thank you for joining me today on this episode of Fine Talk, Daniel.
0: Hi Miriam, nice to meet you.
1: Before we dive into the topic, can you tell us a little bit about yourself, your background and expertise in green technology?
0: I've been interested in uh, green technologies ever since I was uh, in high school. So back in 1974 I had my ecology uh, my ecology courses. And then that's when, that's when I started to be interested in green technologies, greener cars. Uh, And then uh, for those of you who are old enough to remember, there was an oil crisis back in 1973, 74. So we were talking about, you know, the future of cars, future of electric cars and hydrogen cars and the way to be less dependent on imported fossil fuel. So that's when I got interested, like really young and, um, and I was interested in cars my whole life. Uh, <clears throat> Later in life, uh, I I studied international relations in university when we were in the middle of the second oil crisis back in 1979, 80, 81. So uh, I was part of this discussions to see ways uh, that we could uh, be less dependent on oil production for uh, for geopolitical reasons, environmental reasons, economic reasons, and, uh, and I went back to university at the beginning of the 2000s uh, and where I studied environment and uh, communications. And I went back once again to university uh, about seven, eight years ago to, to study uh, uh, sustainable carbon management. So this has been part of my life for, for decades now. Uh, I was the worst, the, the first one. <clears throat> To be a, a dedicated columnist in the media uh, on the green transportation, greener vehicles, from hybrid to electric to fuel cell, uh, that was uh, starting in 2004. Uh, so I wrote many articles. I wrote books on the subject of electric mobility and energy independence from fossil fuel, starting at uh, 12 years ago. So I've written five or six books on the subject. Uh, I was an elected official. I was an Environment minister in Quebec back in two thousand and twelve and actually was the first elected official in charge of a government electric mobility strategy back in 2013. Uh, and I've been writing in different medias, collaborated in many studies, uh, did uh, hundreds of conferences, thousands of interviews, and uh, now I am uh, the President and CEO of Electric Mobility Canada.
1: Sounds good. And can you tell us a little bit more about what Electric Mobility Canada does and its mandate?
0: Electric Mobility Canada, or EMC as we call it, uh, is one of the oldest uh, electric mobility associations in the world. Uh, It was launched almost uh, 16 years ago. Uh, And back then, there were not that many people interested in electric mobility. So there were a few of us in Canada. Uh, And uh, its mission basically is to accelerate electric mobility from light to heavy duty uh, from uh, Atlantic Canada to BC. So for environmental reasons, health reasons and job creation reasons as well because uh, there's a great opportunity for job creation in electric mobility in Canada right now. So uh, we have members who uh, go from uh, vehicle manufacturers to uh, utilities to uh, infrastructure providers to uh, research centers, universities, cities, unions, mining companies, EV owners groups, environmental groups. Uh, So we really represent, uh, I mean, the, the big umbrella of electric mobility across the country.
1: Before we move on into electric vehicles, I want to ask you first, how do you think the clean technology industry in Canada is doing overall?
0: I think it has great potential. I think there's a lot of brilliant minds working in clean tech and electric mobility in uh, in Canada. But I think we can do a lot more than we are doing right now. We have been in Canada too dependent on natural resources for economic growth. So, uh, so I think we have missed uh, great opportunities in the past. I see a shift though, uh, I would say the last five years. And uh, pushing towards more renewable energy, clean technology, electric mobility. Uh, but uh, I mean, some countries, uh, some other countries in the world are way ahead of us. Uh, mainly, you know, uh, China, Korea, Japan, even the United States. Some countries in Europe are are far ahead of us, uh, and uh, and uh, we have to we have to catch up because. If we want to fight climate change and if we want to fight air pollution, uh, we have to really be serious about this. And uh, just to give people an example, right now uh, we have about, I would say, 100 electric buses in Canada, the very most. And uh, there's 600,000 electric buses in China right now. So they've been at this for a long time. They've invested a lot into it. Uh, So that's why. We have uh, the capacity, we have a lot more interest now than we did have just five years ago, but we have to move a lot quicker than we did uh, for the past 25 or 30 years.
1: Are electric vehicles one of the sectors that make up a big part of the clean tech industry in Canada?
0: It is, and, 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 and as there is more and more interest from the federal government and different provincial governments, namely BC, Ontario, Quebec, uh, Atlantic Canada, we see that there's potential for great job, great potential for job creation, uh, growth in the job creation sector. Actually, what we're seeing right now is that uh, it's hard to find enough qualified people to fill the jobs in electric mobility right now in the middle of COVID. So just imagine what it will be uh, in two years from now or five years from now, so we will have to dedicate a lot of time and effort uh, and money to make sure that we we find the right people, that we train the right people, because uh, there is great job opportunities there. Um, and that's something that we are working on. We are, we're talking to the federal government on a regular basis to make sure that uh, we can either create new workers, new scientists uh, to work in that space, <clears throat> but there's also the issue of helping people train or retrain from a sector that is not doing so well to help them transition to these new jobs in clean tech and clean transportation.
1: Uh, We touched on how Canada is doing in terms of adopting these electric vehicles, Um, but where are we in terms of manufacturing these batteries uh, or vehicles?
0: The batteries, we're not very far yet. Uh, Right now, More than 90% of the battery plants in the world are either in Korea, Japan, or China. Uh, So, uh, we are discussing more and more about making electric vehicle batteries in Canada. So, from the cell point of view, there's a new company uh, in Canada called Stromvault that wants to open a, a battery cell plant very soon in Canada. Then there's another one called British Fault that's interested. And regarding modules, uh, Lion announced that it would build a battery module plant uh, next year. So these are things that are happening, going in the right direction, but compared to what's happening in the U.S. or in Europe, or in China, Korea, or Japan, I mean, we're a very tiny player so far. So we have a long way to go. What's interesting is we have a lot of critical minerals uh, in Canada, but it would be a shame, I think, if we were to just uh, extract those minerals and send them overseas or just to the US so that they can build battery plants, they can build battery cells, they can build batteries for electric vehicles. Uh, I think we would replicate the same mistake that we've been doing for the past two or three hundred years, meaning that uh, we have the raw product, whether it's wood, it's oil, it's aluminum, and we get it to have the value added product elsewhere in the world. So I think it would be a mistake for Canada to keep going on the same path of just uh, extracting natural resources and not having the value added products made in Canada. So uh, it's a real issue. And uh, <clears throat> when we look at what's been announced back in February of 2021, there was an agreement between President Biden and Prime Minister Trudeau on uh, battery, battery technology, batteries, critical minerals and materials. Now what we are seeing south of the border in Congress is uh, policies that will give a great advantage to car companies or truck companies or bus companies or battery companies will assemble and make them in the US, meaning that there is a concern from uh, Electric Mobility Canada members that uh, they're pushing so much on protectionist policies that this could be a real problem for the future of the electric mobility supply chain in Canada. So this is something that we're watching very closely and that we want to make sure that we don't end up you know, just getting the crumbs a uh, few jobs and a few EVs on the market as well. So, uh, so this is not a done deal. We have to work very hard over the next months and years to make sure that we do create uh, a viable and vibrant sustainable uh, transportation sector in Canada.
1: So many Canadians see going electric as a way to help reduce greenhouse gas emissions and improve air quality. What are the ways that e- electric vehicles impact the environment
0: positively? Well, uh, from a greenhouse gas emission reduction point of view, depending on where you are uh, in Canada, if you are in Quebec or BC, where uh, electricity production is a lot cleaner than, say, than in Alberta, you can reduce greenhouse gas emissions during the whole life cycle of the vehicle, meaning from, from uh Material extraction to assembly to use to recycling, uh, you can reduce GHG emissions for the whole life cycle of about, I would say, 60 to 80 percent. So there's a great gain there. But even if you are in Alberta, where more than 90 percent of the electricity produced there uh, comes from either coal or natural gas, the life cycle reduction and the life cycle emissions reduction will be about 20 to 30 percent considering the fact that in alberta between now and 2023 uh, all the coal plants are supposed to be closed it's me it means that it's only ge- it's only going to get better with time uh because as the grid gets cleaner electric cars get cleaner on the other hand <clears throat> as time passes by uh for gas vehicles right now more than 60% of uh oil production in Canada comes from the oil sands, and about 65% of the oil produced in the United States comes from uh, shale oil, meaning that more and more, uh, the oil that we put into our cars and trucks is unconventional oil, which means that the greenhouse gas emissions life cycle of the old gas vehicle considering where the oil comes from is getting worse with time because there's less and less conventional oil, which is not as dirty as unconventional oil. So there's a great gain for us to, to, to get when we go from a gas vehicle to an electric vehicle from the air pollution point of view. uh, Well, that's, that's even more. There's even more of a gain because not only the air pollution reduction is Significant, but it's also local as well. Meaning that when people live just uh, near a highway, which is very congested, it can it can have a real effect uh, on people's health. Uh, according to a 2021 Health Canada report, uh, the economic cost of air pollution in Canada accounts for 120 billion dollars a year and 15,300 deaths. Uh, related to air pollution, which is eight times the death toll of uh, car accidents. So uh, considering the fact that the majority of the air pollution comes from both transportation and the oil and gas sector, it means that as we move towards more electric vehicles with a cleaner electric grid, Canada will save billions of dollars and and thousands of lives. So this is not something small, it is significant. That's why we have to accelerate electric mobility. We have to keep in mind that between 2005 and 2019, Canada's GHG emission decreased by only 1%. So the new target for Canada for GHG emission reduction by 2030 compared to our 2005 level is minus 40 to minus 45%. So considering the fact that in 14 years, we have reduced our GHG emissions by only 1%, it means that in the next nine years, we have to reduce them by 39 to 44%. So that's no small feat. So that's why uh, last week, uh, Electric Mobility Canada uh, launched its 2030 EV action plan uh, so that we can move a lot faster than we are right now in uh, EV adoption from light to heavy duty vehicles. Uh, to make sure that we reach our targets, because I don't think we're on our way to reach those targets. Somehow we we have this tendency to say that we are a leader. Uh, Canada is a leader in clean technology, but right now, when we look at our GHG emission, our GHG mission history, uh, we're not doing great. Uh, historically, uh, Canada is the number one country in the world uh, for GHG emissions per capita, and Canada is number one, also, for a GHG emissions per kilometer driven from its light-duty vehicle fleet. So that means that we can do a lot better than we are doing right now. And uh, I, what I'm hearing from different elected officials is interesting. But you know, beyond talking the talk, we have to walk the walk.
1: Can you tell us more about the EMC action plan that was released um, recently? <clears throat>
0: Yeah, it's, a neat, it's an action plan for Canada to accelerate its transition to electric mobility with six pillars from light duty to uh, heavy duty and fleet to uh, supply chain uh, and federal leadership as well. So that uh, we have 32 recommendations that we sent to the government already and that we will be talking about in the next uh, six months so that elected officials, businesses, media, Uh, know what needs to be done for us to become a real leader in electric mobility in the world. Uh, When we look at um, uh, light-duty vehicle sales and the percentage of EV sales from those sales of light-duty vehicles, uh, during Q2 of 2021, uh, Canada was at 4.8% of EV sales uh, in the country. In September of 2021, uh, China was at 20% of sales. France was at 22% of sales. Uh, Germany was at 29% of sales. And Norway was at 91.5% of EV sales, which means that we are far, far from the leaders in the world. And that if we want to really become a leader, we have to move a lot quicker.
1: So getting more technical. What are the differences between battery electric vehicles, plug-in hybrid electric vehicles, and fuel cell electric vehicles?
0: Well, a battery electric vehicle is actually very simple because uh, you have a battery, you have an electric motor, uh, and you need to recharge the battery uh, you know, for, with a, a level one, level two, or fast charger so that you can get the energy from, from the grid. So that's as simple as it can get. So that's why there's a lot less maintenance with battery electric vehicles. When you're talking about a plug-in hybrid electric vehicle, a PHEV, uh, what we're seeing is uh, you have a gas engine that's connected to an electric uh, motor plus a battery, which means that uh, part of the time, depending on the the PHEV vehicle, uh, you will get between 15 and 80 kilometers of electric range. And afterwards, the the vehicle will become a hybrid vehicle. So uh, for people who are not as confident uh, as some others to buy a full battery electric vehicle, this can be a transition piece. So a lot of people who buy their first what we call zero emission vehicle, zero emission vehicle uh, with the definition coming from California is either a battery electric vehicle, a hydrogen vehicle or PHEV. So that's a transition to go to ZEV vehicles through a way that's going to be easier because a person on a daily basis can drive full electric or almost full electric. But when when the person wants to drive a longer distance, uh, that person can rely on not having to Stop at a charger or a fast charger, and then move you know uh, being uh, powered by uh, a hybrid technology meaning gas and electric. for the fuel cell electric vehicle for the fuel cell vehicle, the fuel cell is actually an electric vehicle. so you have the same electric motor that you will have uh, in a battery electric vehicle, but instead of of batteries uh, storing the energy, it will have a fuel cell and a hydrogen tank. So the hydrogen will go to the fuel cell where there will be a chemical reaction to separate hydrogen from oxygen so that it will power uh, the electric motor. Uh, the issue with uh, light duty fuel cell vehicles is that right now about 95% of the hydrogen produced uh, in the world comes from fossil fuel meaning that uh, there really is no gain uh, from an environmental point of view to drive a hydrogen vehicle that's where the hydrogen is being supplied from natural gas. And if you get uh, the hydrogen from renewable energy, let's say that you you produce hydrogen through electrolysis, the issue is that it takes so much energy that uh, with the same energy that you will need to to power one hydrogen vehicle, you'll be able to power three electric vehicles. So there's a real issue with uh, with uh, energy uh, waste with uh, renewable hydrogen. And when you're using hydrogen from uh, natural gas, for instance, the gain is not really there. So, and if the grid, if the the, the electricity grid for hydrogen vehicles is not renewable uh, you can even get more GHG emissions from hydrogen vehicles than you will get from gas vehicles. So basically that's it. So as far as I'm concerned, as uh, as far as EMC is concerned, we see a great future for battery electric vehicles from for light to medium and even heavy duty. For hydrogen vehicles, we think it might be in niche markets like uh, long haul heavy duty vehicles, uh, ships, planes, and industry. So that's what we think that the future of hydrogen is.
1: And what is the comparison of the lifetime impact of electric vehicles versus internal combustion engines?
0: Well, as I said uh, earlier, uh, normally if you if you compare uh, apples with apples, meaning that you don't compare uh, a small gas car to a luxury electric car, but if you go into the same category of vehicle, as I said, GHG emissions is between... Worst case scenario, 30% better with uh, a dirty grid than a gas vehicle. And when it's a clean grid, the difference can be up to 80%, less GHG emissions during the life cycle. So the difference is huge and it's only getting better, as I said, because of the fact that as conventional oil is disappearing, it's more and more of a problem to to, to drive a gas vehicle. And as the electric grid is getting cleaner, Uh, well, electric cars are getting cleaner themselves. So between the time that you buy an electric vehicle and 10 years from now, your electric vehicle is actually going to get cleaner because the grid is getting cleaner.
1: And what other non-electric technology do you see helping to green the environment going forward?
0: Well, it's not just about technology, by the way. Uh, uh, I could give you an example. Uh, In the morning, uh, during rush hour in Montreal, there's about 14 million empty seats in different cars uh, driving around to get to work. So the issue here is beyond the technology to you know to power the vehicle. You have to have technology to help us make sure that there's less people driving alone in their cars. So if we if everybody buys an electric car, but everybody is by themselves in the electric car. The, the traffic congestion problem will be solved. So that's why we have to work with technology as well to make sure that we, there's more car sharing and carpooling. And to me, that's a very important part of the technology and the, the, the adoption for consumers that we have to uh, put a lot more emphasis on. People tend to forget that uh, electric vehicles by themselves are not the solution. They're only a part of the solution. So uh, car sharing, carpooling technologies and applications is going to be very important. Not to mention that, uh, you know, we have to do more uh, working from home, like uh, telecommute. I know I do that on a regular basis. So I don't, I mean, at EMC, we don't even have an office. Most of the time we work remotely. So that's, that means that instead of spending two, three hours a day, going to work to my office since I can work remotely it's a lot more efficient a lot less greenhouse gas emissions so in the end that's also a technology that's very important that we have to uh, that we have to consider other than that I mean there are multiple technologies like clean technologies uh, geothermal technologies which have been to me underutilized in Canada which I think we could use a lot more uh, wind power water power, uh, solar power, All these technologies can work together with energy storage through batteries and hydrogen. Uh, All of that connected together can make uh, Canada a real leader uh, in uh, green technology, uh, energy transition and electric mobility.
1: Around the world, governments and automakers are promoting electric vehicles as a key technology to curb oil use and fight climate change. For example, General Motors has said it aims to stop selling new gasoline-powered cars and light trucks by 2035 and will pivot to battery-powered models instead. Also, Volvo said it would move even faster and introduce an all-electric lineup by 2030, with other automotive manufacturers making similar announcements. Looking at the other side of the coin, as electric cars and trucks go mainstream, they've been faced with the same question. Are they as green as advertised?
0: Well, I have an issue with calling uh, electric vehicles zero emission vehicles but the, because there's no such thing as a zero emission vehicle. All vehicles emit some some pollutants and all vehicles emit some greenhouse gas emissions. It's a matter of reducing them. So, So they are greener. They are not totally green, but there's a big difference between the two. So when we're talking about advertisement, well, when we're advertising for a new product and we're calling them green and zero emission and all these claims uh, we have to take that with a grain of salt because it's advertisement that's what it is Uh, so people have to be conscious of the fact and i've been telling that for to people for decades that uh, we want to drive our electric car with people and people driving with us you know people being seated with us so that we're not by ourselves in the car. So, as I said, they are green. They're actually green, getting greener with time because of what I said regarding the oil production versus the electricity grid. There's also the fact that as battery production and battery manufacturing is getting more and more efficient, to give you an example, between 2013 and 2019, GHG emissions from battery production has decreased by 60% per kilowatt hour. So they are getting greener, and not only that, but we expect that uh, GHG emissions from battery production between now and 2025, 2026, is going to go down yet another 50 to 60 percent. Meaning that as we become more used to building batteries in great numbers, they will get more efficient, they will get greener, they will use less uh, minerals, and uh, and not only that, but uh, they will have a lot more energy density, which means that with the same battery size and battery weight, you'll be able to get twice the range that we are getting now. And they will they will last right now, uh, an AV battery lasts between 300,000 and 700,000 kilometers in general. And uh, what we're looking at for the next generation of batteries is batteries that can last 1.6 million kilometers million kilometers, so if you drive 20,000 kilometers a year and the battery is good for 1.6 million kilometers, that means that the battery can last 80 years. So this is going to be a new way of thinking electric mobility because the vehicle will never last that long, so we will have to be able to switch the battery from one car to the next as the battery lasts so much longer. There's also the fact that uh, battery recycling technologies are getting better as well. When we look at the latest battery recycling technologies uh, right now, we have technologies that permit us to recycle up to 95% of the components of the battery, which means that uh, instead of extracting more resources, we can reuse those, uh, those minerals that can be put into a new battery. And that's a big, big, big difference. I mean, if you look at a gas car compared to an electric car, you will have basically three to 400 more wastes of natural resources with a gas car than an electric car. Uh, when you think about it, you know, when you use a gas vehicle, the oil that you, push in the, that you put in the vehicle, once it's burned, well, it's 0% recyclable while the battery components are recycled up to 95%. So it's a huge difference.
1: Um, so you, you do see this as a valid concern, as uh, some are concerned about the manufacturing process of electric batteries as it does uh, produce pollution. Uh, and some see that it reduces the green image of electric vehicles. Do you think this image might affect or slow down the process of manufacturing these batteries in Canada?
0: No, I don't think so. Uh, as I said, you know, battery manufacturing is getting more efficient, so it pollutes less and less. And I, I think that um, people see in the value of having a supply chain that's going to be as green as it can be. And don't forget that part of the supply chain is the electricity production f- uh, for the plants making the batteries. And the Canadian grid is one of the cleanest in the world. I mean, it's not the cleanest, but it's right up there, uh, way cleaner than the the, the the majority of uh, countries in Europe way cleaner than the one in uh, the grid in uh, the United States in China or in India. So we really have a clear advantage in Canada because of our electric grid and the fact that uh, most of the minerals uh, necessary to build an electric vehicle battery are found, can be found in Canada. So I think there's a, There's a real interest there, but we have to do that in a responsible and professional and respectful way.
1: The federal government, along with some provincial governments, including Quebec and British Columbia, have policies that encourage consumers to buy electric vehicles. And I think you touched on uh, some of those earlier. So do you think these policies will put Canada on the right road to a cleaner future?
0: It will, but we have to go faster Uh, right now. The government of Canada announced that they will they will implement uh, what we call a ZEV, a zero emission vehicle mandate, to have 100% uh, sales by 2035, approximately 50% by 2030. Quebec announced the same, and BC announced two weeks ago that uh, their aim was at 90% of zero emission vehicle sales by 2030, and 100% by 2035. So. Uh, if it gets implemented and it's stringent enough, uh, we will indeed be one of the leaders in the world. Right now, we're not. Uh, as I said, you know, with the the EV sales number that I mentioned earlier, uh, we have a long way to go. And what we need, basically, we need, there are different pillars to make sure that we accelerate EV adoption. So regulation is one, as I mentioned, for the EV mandate, ZEV mandate, for light to heavy duty. And uh, what at EMC we are recommending is 100% EV sales by 2030 for light-duty vehicles. And uh, for medium, heavy-duty, or off-road vehicles, we are recommending uh, 100% by 2040 at the latest. Uh, On top of that, we need to have more education because there are so many misconceptions being carried in media and social media regarding electric vehicles. I mean, just in the past few days, I saw some articles which were full of false claims regarding electric vehicles. I'm always stunned to see that after more than 20 years working in that space, I can still read some of the same misconceptions that I could read five, 10, 15, 20 years ago. So a a lot of work needs to be done regarding education. Training, as I mentioned, is very important to accelerate EV adoption because we want to create jobs in Canada. And having people working in that space is only going to accelerate electric mobility. Uh, Infrastructure is key. Uh, We need to have uh, a lot more infrastructure so that people can charge on the road, at home, in downtown areas, and in rural and remote areas as well. And uh, the supply chain. So uh, Canada, uh, EMC, uh, worked to put together a group called uh, Accelerate Alliance, uh, which was launched about a month ago, uh, whose uh, mission is specifically dedicated to create a zero-emission vehicle supply chain across the country to create quality jobs from mining to mobility. So, to us, these are the pillars to make sure that we have a successful EV transition.
1: And last but not least, where do you see the electric vehicle sector in 10 years?
0: <laughs> in 10 years, I'm hoping that all ve- all ID vehicles sold in Canada will be electric, either uh, battery electric, fuel cell, or uh, plug-in hybrid, but mainly uh, battery electric. So that's where I see it because I believe that we can convince the government and the governments and the opposition parties at the federal level that we really do need to accelerate. And there is a great, there's actually a historic opportunity for Canada. So uh, that's what I think we'll be. I think we will be uh, 100% EV sales in 10 years from now, for uh, light duty. And I'm guessing that by 2035, instead of 2040, will be at 100% uh, truck, bus, school bus sales, and off-road vehicles being electric. Technology is evolving so rapidly that people don't realize that we're going through a revolution right now, and technological re- revolution. You know, one that might resemble the one we saw with uh, internet and personal computers and smartphones. So this will uh, disrupt the economy, this will disrupt Uh, the way we live and the way we move. So I think that uh, people will see exponential growth in the years to come. And with uh, the right regulation and the right policies, we will be at 100% light duty vehicle sales being electric in 10 years.
1: Awesome, thank you so much.
0: My pleasure.